I always told myself I will find that job eventually. Maybe it won't happen in six months. Maybe it won't happen in a year. But I will not give up and I will continue to practice. I will continue to grow myself, develop myself, and I will eventually land that job. That was my confidence. Hello and welcome to the Scrimber podcast. On this weekly show, we speak with successful devs about their advice on learning to code and getting your first junior dev job. I'm Alex and today I'm joined by Emre Elbayrak from Turkey. Emre just got hired as an entry-level developer on his one-year anniversary of learning to code. Growing up, he was encouraged to study music because he has perfect pitch and even went on to get a degree in musicology. But after graduating, he decided musicology wasn't the right career and trained to become a commercial airline pilot instead. Can you imagine having a front seat window to London at night, flying into Heathrow, the shores of Mallorca, or even the Utsal Alps? I'm sure it would have been a great job, but can you believe it? After completing the training to become a pilot, the pandemic hit and aviation just stopped. So now Emre looks at a computer screen all day instead. Jokes aside, after just one year, Emery landed a position at a company working for clients like Mercedes-Benz. There, he works on a team with four other entry levels and under a seasoned front-end architect who mentors them daily, truly earning to learn. It's such a great interview where we get into the nitty-gritty of the interview process so that you can better prepare and learn as well. As always, rather than interrupt the episode later, I wanted to quickly ask now that if you like the episode with Emre, that you share it. In particular, we're always looking for key takeaways or your favorite quotes to read aloud with your name in the next episode's break. So if you want to support the pod while also getting a shout out, you know what to do. You are listening to the Scrimba podcast. Let's get into it. I haven't wrote a single line of code until it was like uh, 2021 November. I wrote my first code in Python. Before that, I wasn't really into coding. I was trying to come up with other things, but they didn't work out. So I made up my mind and started coding. What were you doing before coding? Let's start from the beginning. I'm a classical pianist. So since I was like 10 years old, I got into, you know, this really strict conservatory life. For my whole life, I was being raised as a musician. And since I was 18, I worked in theaters playing the piano and I gave some private piano lessons. But living as a musician, you know, doing professionally this job isn't desirable. The quality of life is actually bad for musicians and i'm not saying this in turkey situation but as in the world general so i decided to change my job then back in 2020 uh, before the covid <laughs> so i graduated uh, from my conservatory in 2019 and i immediately uh, started studying for becoming a pilot i was really into aviation then and i had a possibility to become a pilot because some airlines opened some cadet positions they would pay for your education and you would uh, pay back uh, when you started working for them so you wanted to be a pilot like flying commercial flights like british airways or something from a to b exactly so i was working very hard for it i studied like seven months for it and then what happened yeah covid hit the world maybe you remember when covid hit the aviation industry 
got hit really hard. All the flights closed, some like airlines just, you know, bankrupt. How did you feel at the time? What did you do about it? I would say that was the lowest moment in my life. Like I already decided to move on from one thing. Like I raised as a musician from the, my childhood and I already started to move on from that. And well, after, you know, very motivational uh, six months, <laughs> I had to move on again. At that point, I really didn't know what to do. I didn't want to continue as a musician, but during the first year of COVID, I really didn't know what to do. So I decided to move on with my master's degree in music. I studied musicology, but as I said, like it wasn't for me. I didn't want to do it and I lost my motivation on it so quickly. So I decided let's give a chance to coding in 2021. Did you finish the musicology master or drop out essentially? So technically I'm still a student. <laughs> I was writing my thesis. So I finished the, you know, lesson years and I was on my second year writing my thesis, but uh, no, it, it's not for me. So yeah, I started coding then. When I first started coding, I wasn't very serious. I wouldn't think like this will be my new job. But first of all, coding was fun. In the first, just first month, like I was starting to get the feel of like, hey, this is really for me. Like I'm really enjoying doing this. Uh, maybe I can do this as a job. You know, I had a friend who is a front-end developer and I contacted him, said, hey, I'm into coding now. Like, what can I do? What should I do? And he steered me in the direction of front-end development as well. So that's when I started, you know, HTML, CSS and etc. But you started with Python. Yes, for a month. So in Turkey, the government has a special program for software development things. The government offers free online courses for everyone who wants to, you know, learn these things. So I started from there. And uh, as I said, like, I really enjoyed the Python course for a month and then decided to move on from that to become a front-end developer. How did your friend convince you to do front-end development when there are so many other avenues you could have gone down, like mobile development, for example? Well, honestly, <laughs> I wasn't sure about anything. So I really didn't know uh, what to expect from any of those areas. But since I had a role model in my friend, like as a front-end development guy, and he was showing me the way around the, you know, HTML, CSS, I decided, you know, hey, I can ask him like any time any question about frontend so let's focus on that wow that's such a good idea because you had an advantage in a way right and it goes to show when people ask what programming language do i learn there is no definitive answer it kind of depends on your circumstances and if there are jobs for a particular technology in your area or you happen to know a friend doing front-end development who can attest to how successful of a career it can be but also help you yeah it sounds like a, a great idea but of course you know your friend probably couldn't help you all the time right how did you go about teaching yourself front-end development? So he introduced me to FreeCodeCamp. I started doing, you know, HTML from there. I started from the like zero. Then I was looking into FreeCodeCamp's YouTube page. I saw Screamba there. I saw, I think his name was Bob, who has the React course. Yeah, Bob Zeral, of course. So I saw Bob's uh, full React course on FreeCodeCamp and I met Screamba there and I 
checked out the page, you know, website, all the courses. I also looked into Perse JavaScript course and I was immediately in love. Like I really looked up various courses on the net and Scrimba was the best for me. It really worked for me and I decided to get the front-end developer pet. Uh, so I enrolled in it and that's my journey. I finished it. When I finished the front-end career path, I felt like I was ready to look for jobs. You finished the whole thing, to be honest. Finishing the whole career path is a huge accomplishment because it's pretty, pretty long, especially if you're doing the solo projects and challenges and things like that. But also, if I'm, I'm just kind of piecing together the timeline a little bit, we're talking about less than a year here, I think, right? From you discovering Free Code Camp and Scrimba, switching to front-end development, and then feeling ready enough to apply to jobs. It took me exactly one year. I started first coding Python in 2021, in November, and I found my first job 2022, November. So timeline goes like this. I started Python for a month, and in the winter, I switched back to Free Code Camp. But as I said, I wasn't very serious back then, just coding in my free time when I wanted to. But at the end of winter, I was, you know, very dedicated and I wanted this to me, uh, be my job. So at spring, I started to learn from Scrimba and I finished the course at the end of summer. And at the beginning of September, I started to apply for jobs and went through some interviews. At November, I got my first job. Congratulations, man. That's a really, really great, strong timeline. And I love how you felt confident basically applying to jobs at that point. What was your thinking there? Like, what was your strategy to apply to these jobs? I didn't stop working on my own projects and I didn't stop, you know, developing, uh, developing myself. I was like searching on LinkedIn and I was like looking for jobs with like expectance of only maybe a year of experience or two years of experience. They are very hard to find, by the way. But as I said, like I was doing my own projects and I was developing my GitHub page because for us, our resume is our GitHub page. Even if we finished 10 courses like Scrimba, it wouldn't matter for any job givers. They only look for your resume in your GitHub page, you know, what kind of projects you did. And thanks to Scrimba, my GitHub profile page is actually stacked <laughs> because of all the solo projects. <laughs> nice. Because of that, I felt very confident, you know, it wasn't a matter of if I can find a job, but it was a matter of when. And to be perfectly honest, like I think I found my job quite early, actually, like just two months after I started searching for jobs. And I think this is quite fast for someone like me. What do you attribute that speediness to exactly? I think practicing for interviews a lot. So uh, before I first landed my job, I got an opportunity interview for another company, another startup company. The first interview went great. Uh, they didn't ask me a lot of technical questions, like just general things. Then they wanted me to code a test project. Test project went great as well. They liked it. And after it, there was my last 
last technical interview and they said, hey, we are going to talk about your like test projects. And because of that, I only you know practiced about my project. Like what could I have done better? What did I did? What kind of technologies I used? But in the interview, they asked me completely other things, you know, the things stuff I really had no idea. So I botched that interview so bad and it felt really bad. I felt like I wasn't ready, so I have to be better. And that interview really helped me a lot for my next job interview, which got me this first job. Yeah, you take that experience with you, don't you? Exactly. So I can give this advice to anyone who is learning by themselves. Just because, you know, you had a very bad interview and you didn't get the job, don't make this affect you in a bad way. You got a unique experience, that very valuable experience from that, that you can use in your future interviews. Yeah, I think you have to look at it as a learning opportunity and also recognize as early as possible in your job search that you ideally don't want to be making these learnings for the job that you really want, right? That's going to feel like a bit of a gut punch. But if you start looking for jobs early, if you can somehow get some interviews early, even if you're not completely thrilled about the opportunity, it's going to be a very humbling and enlightening experience, I think, because then when you do get into the interview seats for that job you really want, you're not going to be making basic mistakes. You're going to be better prepared, I think. All right, Emre, I want to get more into exactly what they asked you in the job interview and how you're getting on. But what do you say we do a quick round of quick fire questions first? Of course, I'm ready. Go on. <laughs> All right, so when we're learning to code, we often hold our favorite teachers and courses near and dear. Who are some of your favorite coding teachers and courses that come to mind from your journey so far? I would absolutely say Per and Bob, like Per's JavaScript course and Bob's React course. They were incredible. They were really fun, engaging and educational. Of course, I wouldn't say like any other courses in, on Scrimba are bad, but when I first went through all of the courses on Scrimba, those were the two that really impressed me. So Python was your first programming language and then you went on to learn web technologies. Is there any tech or languages you want to learn next? I would like to learn some backend as well. So I would need to learn some maybe Java or, you know, Node.js. Uh, but <laughs> currently they are not on my agenda because I'm still new, like beginner in front end. So maybe in the future. <laughs> Apart from Bob and Per, is there anyone else you look up to in the tech community that we could look out for maybe someone you follow on twitter or subscribe to on youtube for example kevin powell yeah that's so funny because i've asked this question recently and kevin powell was the answer as well <laughs> i mean he's a css cut so you have to follow him and watch every single youtube video he's making <laughs> i'm really curious to hear your answer to this as a pianist what music do you listen to while you're coding okay i think this will come as a surprise to everyone but i don't really listen to music <laughs> I'm cursed with when I listen to music, I hear all the notes and I don't mean as melodies, like I hear every single note. Uh, I think it's called perfect pitch. And because of that, I can't concentrate anything when I'm listening to music. That's why I can't listen to music whenever I'm doing something. <laughs> That's fascinating. Meanwhile, I haven't got a clue what's going on. I'm just bopping my head to lo-fi trying to hammer JavaScript into place. <laughs> <laughs> How do you fuel your workouts? Tea or coffee? Um, 
Walter. So neither tea or coffee. Interesting. I really don't like coffee. And well, as a Turkish man, I enjoy tea, like drinking tea, but water is better for me. No music, no coffee. You're coding on hard mode, my friend, but I respect <laughs> it. I would say it's actually easy mode. Okay, that's it for the quick fire questions. I know I sprung those on you, Emre. Thank you for being a good sport. I really want to learn a bit more about the job interview process because I think for someone listening, it can be really helpful to understand the expectation. You know, if you're wondering, am I ready to apply? Can I succeed at a coding interview? It could be handy to know a little bit about what kind of questions they asked you and, and what you found challenging and how you dealt with those challenges. In a general sense, I would say if you finish the uh, front-end career paths, you're ready for applying for jobs. At that point, you learned all the basics. You just need some interview experience and you need to start coding your own projects at that point. Can you tell us a bit about the company you're working for, what services they offer and what kind of code you're writing there? To be honest, I'm not on a project yet. So my company is called Adesso and I'm what they call a young Adesi. So I'm not even a junior actually right now. I will be junior in a month or two, hopefully, but I'm still at like learning side i'm still trying to you know develop myself and my coding i'm for example learning next.js right now so i'm not on a project just yet my company is you know international they have offices throughout the europe they provide services to companies. For example, the last job we got was Mercedes-Benz. Like Mercedes-Benz wanted us to develop an app for them. Oh, so you're working an agency essentially. Yes. Oh, that's really cool. And by the way, what are the things that have stood out to you in your first few weeks there? Like, are you learning a lot compared to say teaching yourself at home? Yes. We were a group of four people who were like all young Odessi. We got assigned an architect from content architect and he basically went through all the basics all the things we would need in the job so yeah even though we all had the you know basics that was very helpful yeah yeah so you're getting paid to learn now as opposed to like paying someone else to learn for example at university i often hear on this podcast and in speaking with friends that you learn so much more on the job not just more faster but like you learn things you couldn't necessarily learn at home like how production systems work and how software gets made, not only in a team environment, because on GitHub, you can kind of create a team environment, but a team environment where you have external pressures. Like if you're an agency, you have clients, right? They've got deadlines. I think it's like a really exciting, new, fresh environment where you get to learn a lot. And I'm really excited for you to get that first opportunity to, to work on a project. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Because like no matter how much you study alone, it's nothing like working in a group, like working in a real project solving real problems. So you found this job on LinkedIn, right? Yes, I found it on LinkedIn. And what was the interview process like for this company? They first contacted via email and sent a test project. That test project was about Age of Empires 2 units, and they wanted us to filter all the units depending on their like food costs or wood, you know, uh, gold costs. They also added the second parameter with like which age, dark age, stony, I, I really don't remember remember the ages, but you know, uh, so it took me a week to complete that project because, <laughs> well, 
uh, they actually asked me to use Redux. What? I haven't re used Redux before. So, well, I had to learn it <laughs> throughout that week. And well, after two or three like sleepless nights, I figured it out. I coded it and they were happy with it. So they wanted to continue with the technical interview after that. The technical interview wasn't that technical, actually. Like they just asked me some general questions. And I was talking with the lady from the HR and the you know tech lead from my department like front-end department and after interview ended the tech lead asked me all the questions and he was satisfied he left the meeting and the HR lady told me that hey uh, normally we contact with candidates one day later uh, about you know if we are going to move on with them or not but since this interview was so successful and the tech lead told me so i'm not going to like wait you waste your time and we would like to continue with you just immediately after the interview <laughs> that's super charming emre that must have felt good right yeah uh, i was the happiest guy ever that <laughs> in that moment <laughs> and there was a final stage so no, like I wouldn't say there there was a final stage, but just in case they wanted me to go in a like English exam, since this company is international, they require to have a certain amount of English before joining them. That makes sense. And obviously English is great. So I'm sure you breezed through that. Where were you when you got the news about the job? And how did you feel? Well, I was in my home. They called me and hey, your exam was fine too. So there's nothing left for us, for you to work with us. So I was in home with my family and we celebrated. We went for a dinner and yeah, as I said, I, I was the happiest guy. After all that work, like paying out, um, I can't really uh, express my feelings right now with like words. <laughs> Coming up, what can you do if you feel nervous before a job interview? Just before concerts, you know, your hands will become like ice cold. I will be right back with Emre in just a second. But first, Jan, hey, come here. What have people been saying about the podcast since last week? I think a lot of people really enjoyed the episode with Saran Yudbarak, the founder of Code Newbie. Our own Gil Hernandez said that that's one of his all-time favorite interviews on the Screamer podcast. Roxana Rodback at Rocks Learns Code said, I love audiobooks and podcasts, so of course I found Code Newbie at the start of this journey. Then just a few days ago, I discovered the amazingness that is the Screamer podcast. And who is this week's guest? I I mean, everything is pointing to me learning code. I love it. Awesome. Welcome to the show. We have a lot of great, informative and inspiring episodes for you in our backlog. So happy listening. And Meru Awemoya, I really hope I'm pronouncing that right, tweeted that he went back to his Scrimba account to pick up from where he paused and decided to listen to one podcast episode a day because they really help him feel better and more motivated. His highlight from the episode with Saran was when she emphasized that there are going to be a lot of ups and downs and points of failure along the journey. Trusting and believing the process makes the difference. It'll all make sense through persistency. Meru, you got this. Good luck. If you're enjoying our show and you want to support us and help us keep doing it and get better and bigger guests, please talk about it. I might even give you a shout out. But for now, we're back to the interview with Amre. Was the decision to leave musicology behind and pursue coding the right one? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I would do it 100 times again. 
That's really cool to hear. And, you know, would you say it was a smooth journey or were there some challenges along the way? It's kind of hard to tell from your description so far because, you know, you did it in a year. <laughs> you kind of had all the resources right there and your friend. Can you remember any of the like tougher times where you maybe doubted yourself or had to push through a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I was really motivated because decoding was fun. I was having fun. I really wanted to make this as my job. But it doesn't matter how much motivation you've got. After some months, you always doubt yourself. Will I be ever ready for a job? Will someone ever gonna hire me? Those thoughts will always hang around on your brain, no matter what you do. So what I did is I listened to your podcasts. I listened to other guys who like managed to change their lives, who started coding uh, without prior knowledge. And they helped me move through those, you know, tough times. And I also read all of the I got hired section in your Discord page. The people who are just like you, you know, who has like other jobs, just trying to learn code for themselves, finding jobs jobs, they really motivate you hard. At least it worked for me. So maybe it can work for others too. And you seem quite confident applying to jobs, right? A lot of people take a while to warm up to it. They find it all a bit, I mean, understandably, if it's something you've not done before, kind of interviewing in this environment in a brand new industry, no less, it can be really daunting. But you felt confident, it sounds like, kind of applying to these jobs early. You had this mentality that if you fail, you've not really lost anything. You've only gained knowledge. Where did that come from? Is it like an inherent trait of yours? Or is it something you learned through maybe content you read and looked at online? Like, don't get me wrong. It was daunting. No matter how confident I feel when it comes to, you know, waiting for that interview, you know, the last half an hour, you know, last 10 minutes until the interview. It's so stressful. I hate those 10 minutes as well, man. They are tense, right? You cannot get ready for that. No one in the world can re be ready for that. So yes, I was confident. My confidence come from this. Like I always told myself, I will find that job eventually. Maybe it won't happen in six months. Maybe it won't happen in a year, but I will not give up and I will continue to practice. I'll continue to grow myself, develop myself, and I will eventually land that job. That was my confidence. So I wasn't really fearing the interviews in that way. So I was okay with failing. Of course, when I failed the first interview, I felt really bad, but it only lasted like three days. After two days, I was okay. You know, I got this, I got this, I, I will continue. Only three days, I mean, but it does, it does hit hard, doesn't it? Yes, of course. Uh, no one can be impervious to such feeling. Absolutely not, you're right. I think your point is that after a few days, you felt absolutely ready to get back on the saddle of the horse and keep at it and that kind of grit is essential and so is that perseverance and clarity about this is the thing i want to do i strongly believe that is a huge motivator for anyone learning to code like if you do a job interview and you fail and you're like eh, oh well i didn't care anyway you're probably in the wrong industry <laughs> but if you fail an interview and you get knocked down by it that to me is the clearest indicator that it's something you care about like you can think and plan in your head what kind of job you want is it a small company a big company an agency a product company do I want to work in my home country from home or do I want to travel? You know, you can think about all these things and it's really easy to overthink and you don't really have all the information to get to the answer. But you know when you're browsing LinkedIn, you know when you're browsing Indeed and these other job websites, you know when a job stands out to you as something you're like, yeah, actually I'd be really excited to. And then you do the interview and whether you succeed or fail, you know, it's your feelings that are going to guide you in that respect. 
But I really like as well that you listened to the podcast and you were inspired by successful stories, as I'm sure people listening today will be inspired by yours. Honestly, it's just one of those things where like we impose these limitations on ourselves sometimes when we're trying something new and hard and just seeing someone else having done it, whether it's your friend that does front end or someone you hear on a podcast, I think it just goes to show that if you want it badly enough, as you clearly did, Emre, there are tools out there, like, you know, interpersonal tools, interviewing tools, job hunting strategy tools that are going to get you where you need to go. That combination is really powerful and I'm super happy you managed to land this position. And now it sounds like you'll have a great trajectory from here. No, definitely, definitely. I totally relate to what you said, by the way, about feeling nervous before the interview a little bit. I'll go the whole day without thinking about it sometimes, but then, you know, 10 minutes before the interview, I start to get a little bit nervous. How did you kind of deal with those nerves? Well, I'm a pianist, so I deal with that feeling all my life. Like just before concerts, you know, it doesn't matter how much you practice before, like just before the concerts or like, you know, your important exams, your hands will become like ice cold. You're kidding. Why is that? Like you'd think that, you know, you lift a heavy weight enough times it feels light. But then when it comes to things like this, there's always that feeling in your gut of nervousness. Well, that's like stage anxiety, you know, because there's no taking back. If you make a mistake, even even though you didn't do it before in exam, in concert, if you do it, well, there's no taking it back. The stakes are high. So <laughs> there's always this anxiety in your head. Of course, after all those years, you learn how to deal with it. So you kind of accept that feeling, you know, this is a normal feeling that everyone feels. This is normal. And when you accept this, you will be a much happy person in life. The same thing goes for interviews. You know, you will feel the anxiety just before the interview. That's normal. That That's okay. Just because you're feeling like you're not ready, it doesn't mean that you're not ready. But good thing about all my concerts and, you know, exams, after you finish them, the feeling, the dopamine, you know, that uh, excitement rush you feel is undeniably one of the best feelings in the world. Incredible stuff, Emery. Thank you so much for joining me on the Scrimmer podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. And what a wonderful note to end on as well, right? You're always going to feel nervous before an interview, but the first step is to stop fighting it and to accept it. And then you can have a great interview and hopefully a great career. Yeah. Uh, once again, thank you for having me, Alex. It was a great pleasure for me as well. That was the Scrimba Podcast, episode 107. Next week on the show, Rizal Scarlett, developer advocate at GitHub, but also an open source advocate and an advisor at an organization that teaches women of color and non-binary people of color to code. I didn't really understand truly what coding was, and I didn't have other people in my life who were really in tech. What happened is that I was studying psychology in undergrad, and then I realized like I don't have enough money to continue to um, the next semester. And that made me realize, okay, if I don't have money to continue to the next semester, maybe I won't really have enough for the next following years. And usually with a psychology degree, you need to like get a graduate degree to essentially start making money and actually have like a career as like a therapist or a psychologist. So I decided to like go back to the drawing board and figure out what careers would like, I would still be able to make a living without having to go through years and years of school. Rizal is next week on the Screamer podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss her. Make sure to check out the show notes for all the ways to connect with this week's guest, Emre, as well as the resources mentioned in this episode. 
The show is hosted by Alex Booker. You can find his Twitter handle also in the show notes. And I've been the producer and we'll be back with you next Tuesday.